We've been in this series here at Walk Church that we've titled The Joy of Christmas. And even this graphic right here is specific because our heart has been that we would grow in our joy. Our joy levels would rise the more we grow closer to this day where we remember the birth of the Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. We've, we've visited many people in the, care, the story of Christmas up to this point. We visited Jesus' mother, Mary. We visited Jesus' adopted dad, Joseph. We visited Zechariah and Elizabeth, who prepared the way of the Lord and would give birth to John the Baptist. We visited Philippians 2, where we talked about the cost of Christmas in the great incarnation. But tonight, I'd like for us to continue looking at the Christmas story and learn from some characters that oftentimes get left out or that maybe we think, you know what, they're not quite that important. But maybe tonight we would see they are. I want to invite you to turn with me if you have a Bible or if you have some eyelids to the screens as we look at Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 11. If you're ready, say ready. Ready. If you're hungry for a word on Christmas Eve, say let's eat. Let's eat. eat. Father, we pray now that you would uh, really just speak to us tonight. God, on December 24th, 2019, I pray blessing over each person that made the commitment to be here. And now, God, we ask you to feed us through your word, that maybe you would have a word specifically carved out for each individual here tonight. So join me right now and just ask the Lord to speak to you. Just say, Lord, speak to me. Say, Lord, speak to me. I want to hear from you. And we believe you'll do it by your Holy Spirit, through your word, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 11. The scripture tells us that it was in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, say those two words with me. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. We see here God identify a group of people to deliver the first ever Christmas sermon. I find it so interesting that God, when he says, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to break history, I'm going to shape history, I'm going to send God in the form of a man, that God says, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to send it to shepherds. It, it, it blows my mind that the first people who would hear this word would not be the king in the land, would not be the rulers or the bosses or the CEOs, but God says, i got a word for the shepherds. He goes, I'm going to do it. Through my angels. I don't know if you ever remember this movie, but in 1994, there was a movie that came out that was titled Angels in the Outfield. Come on now, y'all being too spiritual. Y'all don't, y'all, maybe I'm older than I thought. Um, angels in the Outfield uh, came out about a young boy who, who prayed to God for his favorite baseball team to just get better. He said, Lord, I just pray you would send some help, some angels to to show up and help our baseball team finally win some games, and, and, and God dispatched his angels, and it's a kind of a cool story. But this was actually a retelling of the 1951 movie, Angels in the Outfield. 
And as I was reading this text in Luke chapter 2, I realized that angels in the outfield was not an original story, that this was actually already happening way before this baseball movie. There were angels out in the field in Luke chapter 2. And these angels appear with a message. And they appear (laughs) to shepherds. I I don't want to jump too quickly past the shepherds because I really feel like this is a word for some people in the house tonight because some of us just feel like we're ordinary and that is so true. Because we are. We're we're, we're a speck on this planet. We're, We're very much ordinary. And there's only really one person who's extraordinary, and that's who we're talking about tonight. That's Jesus, amen? That's the Lord. And, and in this scripture, Luke chapter 2, verse 8, we see on display the angel shows up with a word uh, to shepherds. Now, these shepherds, what are they doing? They're out in the field, and it's nighttime, and they're keeping their flocks by night. Shepherds were considered the most lowly of all people in the land that their job was so boring. Their job was so ordinary. They would show up to work with their shepherd staff. They would say, all right, sheep, here we go. Let's do it again. Follow me. Let me feed you. Let me lead you. Let me go ahead and take care of the sheep. Now, sheep are also considered to be dirty animals, not the smartest animals, possibly why God refers to us as sheep. <laughs> but, but nonetheless, 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 God says, all right, I want to reveal my message tonight. I, I, just, I just sparked Christmas. Like literally a couple miles down the road, Mary and Joseph just gave birth, right? right. Mary is sitting there with her baby boy, the Lord himself, Jesus. And Joseph still freaking out in his mind thinking this just happened. And God says, I know I want to tell the shepherds. I really want to tell the shepherds, which should show us something about God. He's not impressed with people. And that our credentials and our good deeds and all the different uh, pieces of paper we may have on our wall or our GPA or our, the points we scored in high school or whatever is not really the thing that impresses God. I think God says, I'll go share with the shepherds. Let me share it with you how Daniel Darling says it in his book, The Characters of Christmas. Darling says, Luke is reminding us by mentioning the shepherds that the kingdom of God isn't just for the insiders, but for the outsiders. Like shepherds, like the poor classes Mary and Joseph came from. It reminds us that the kingdom of God is often made up, not of the noble and wise, but of the underclass. I thought I'd hear more amens than that. but uh, Those people that have no business being near royalty. Emmanuel, God with us. This is the God-man in the flesh. Means God is truly among all classes of all people not simply the connected or well-resourced. Once again, if you're here tonight and you feel like, does God even know who I am? Absolutely. God is hanging out with the ordinary lowly shepherds by night. Mind you, they didn't have smartphones with flashlights. Uh, They may have had a campfire at best, but when the angel of the Lord shows up, there is no need for any extra light. It says, the glory shone around this angel, and he had a message to share. As you look at this verse, it says, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled 
with great fear. So basically, when these shepherds saw the angels, they got filled up. But what were they filled with? Well, it wasn't just fear. It was, it was great fear. It was great fear. This word great in the Greek language is the, is the word megas. It's where we get our English word mega. So in other words, when they saw this angel, they had mega fear. Right? So the, the, the fear level filled them. And they said, what just happened? I can see them tapping each other saying, this is bad news. This is about to be bad. This might be it for us. <laughs> like this angel might take us out right in this moment. See, the angels of the Bible were not chubby babies floating around shooting arrows. Sorry to burst that bubble, but I'm not sorry. That's not who they are. They weren't uh, dropping little love chocolates on people and, you know, playing a harp. Uh, th these angels... Uh, eyes had torches of fire in them. Some carried around long swords. Some had a train like a robe that was longer than this room. Uh, angels were big, large creatures that were scary. <laughs> Anytime an angel shows up on the scene, people turn away from sin and say, God, I'm sorry. <laughs> the shepherds are like, what is that? <laughs> this is the angel of the Lord, and he has a word for the shepherds. Let's lean into what this word is. First off, they got mega fear, but listen to what they say next. The text tells us that the angel says, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. What a word. I, I love these first two words right here. Can I just bold them real quick? It says, fear not. I want you to say it with me. Just say, fear not. Fear not. Come on, say it one more time. Fear not. fear not. This word, fear not, can change your life. That all of us in this room sometimes have fear. We're, we're fearful creatures. A healthy view of fear would be to fear the Lord. Not in a super sense like, I'm so scared of God, but I have a serious reverence toward uh, God. This was uh, an afraid feeling that they had toward the angels about a variety of different things. And the first words out of the angels' mouths are, fear not. Can I just encourage you that this Christmas season, the Lord wants you to stop fearing? That maybe the Lord, I'm with you, I'm with you, amen, that the Lord would speak to you tonight on Christmas Eve, 7 o'clock, and say, you don't have to be afraid anymore. Uh, you guys know I'm a Home Alone fan. Every year I soak it up. We watch Home Alone. We watch it again, right? And, and, and one and two, right? And who, who knows what number three is? But anyways, let, let, me, let me stay in my lane, right? And, and, and then number one, and then number one, right, there's this moment where Kevin McAllister, who's got so much fear where he finally gets this boldness and courage and he blasts outside in the snow and he says, I'm not afraid anymore. I'm not afraid anymore. That should be the posture of every Christian because we've experienced Christmas. The angel shows up to the shepherds and says, you don't have to be afraid anymore. Whatever fear is burdening your heart, distracting your heart, you can look at that fear tonight and say, I'm not afraid anymore. Here's why. Because God sent his son Jesus and dispatched angels to bring me good news of great joy that I don't have to fear anymore. I love this word right here. I was recently learning about the subject of fear and what God has to say about it throughout the Bible. And from Genesis to Revelation, God speaks of this phrase, either fear not or don't be afraid or do not fear 365 times. What does that tell us? God has a promise for every day of the year for you to not be afraid. Amen? 
Do you believe that tonight? Would you receive that tonight, that God would say to you tonight on Christmas Eve, the same word that he gave to the shepherds, he needs to give to us. You don't have to fear what 2020 is going to be like. You don't have to fear if the job's going to come through or if you're going to get paid or if, you're going to, if, if it's going to come to fruition or if that girl really likes you or doesn't like you or whatever the feeling, how I'm going to eat tomorrow. God says this, hey, look, fear not. I've got your back. He says, fear not for behold. And we've been leaning into this word behold. This word is a shock word. It means listen up. In fact, how one would read this correctly would be fear not behold. Listen up. In other words, hold up. I'm about to say something important. Here's what the angel says. I bring you good news. I love the fact that the angels didn't come empty-handed. They said, I have something to bring. And I bet you the shepherds were like, I'm really scared. What are you going to bring? They said, I bring good news. Come on, somebody. I don't know about you, but man, I just need some good news. We live in a culture that is bombarded with bad news, fake news, weird news, scary news, right? News, news, news. But man, it's so rare that you ever hear some good news. I love that Christmas is all about good news. God says, I want to intervene and interject. Shepherds, I got some good news for y'all. Walk Church, I got some good news for y'all. If you're watching this online, God has some good news for you. This good news is actually the Greek word evangelion, which is the English word we have for gospel. The word gospel is what he's referring to here. In other words, the angel would have said, fear not, for behold, I bring you the gospel. He's, the, the angel comes bringing the gospel of good news. Now, what is the gospel? I like how Dr. Tim Keller says it from New York. Tim Keller says it like this when he refers to the gospel. He says, the gospel is this. We are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe. Yet, at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. What, what, what Dr. Tim is telling us is this. Yes, you are really messed up. You're not a good person. You're an ordinary sinful person. But at this very moment... You're a really loved person. So much so, oh man, so much so that God himself would be in eternity in heaven and say, I love these people. I, I want to send my son to save these people. And Jesus, out of obedience and out of love, says, I'm, gonna, I'm up for the task. I'll even become a baby to get your attention. And in this moment, it's happening. The good news of the gospel is that God is sending his son to save us. But here's the reality. People that need to be saved are because they're in danger. If you're not in danger, you don't need a savior. The very fact that in verse 11, the next verse, God says, and behold, this is that good news that you'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and his name is Jesus and he will save his people from their sins. That's a reality that for us to appreciate the good news, we must have an understanding of the bad news. Yes, 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 yes. The, the good news is that Jesus came to save us. The bad news is that we need to be saved. Yes, yes. What do we need to be saved from? Well, the reality is our, our sin has separated us from God. 
that each and every person in this room today is sinful. If, if, I, if I said, hey, raise your hand if you're a sinner, I'm not going to ask you. But hopefully, everybody in this room would raise their hand, and then we would know who the liars were that didn't raise their hand. There would be their sin, right? All right? Facts. And so what, what God is demonstrating is all of us has fallen short to his perfect standard. God has established a standard. He's a holy and righteous and just God. He sets the standard for who's in his presence, and he tells us that all of us have not met the requirement. We have all sinned and fallen short, and the punishment for our sin is death. And so the truth of the scripture is, the gospel is, that there's a great line dividing eternity. And you have to choose which side you're going to be on. One side says, I'm a sinner, and I deserve death, and I'll die my death for my sin. The other side says, I'm a sinner, and I deserve death, Praise God for Christmas. God sent Jesus to live the perfect life that I was supposed to live, but I couldn't live it. But praise God, Jesus lived it. He was born from God, perfection. He grew up as God in the flesh, perfection. And then he died a sinner's death. Whose death did he die? My death, your death. He didn't stay dead. He rose from the dead, and he, sl- he, he puts his hand in our spiritual death ca- ca- caskets, and he says, come with me. That's good news. That's what the angels are telling the shepherds. There is good news. The Savior is here, or else you have to save yourself, and you don't have enough in your bank account to do it. Right? Your bank account right now says depleted, death. And, and Jesus is like, I, I, I can literally come over to your bank account right now and, and place my life in it, place my joy in it, place my righteousness in it so you can be the righteousness of God too. This is good news, amen? amen. I, I see this on display as something that we should get excited about, that we should remind ourselves of often. Charles Spurgeon, the great English prince of preachers, he once said it like this, the most important daily habit that we can possess is to remind ourselves of the gospel, is to go throughout the day when we get hit with bad news, when we get hit with struggle, when we get hit with lust, when we get hit with pride, go back to the good news. Yes, the the reality is this is bad, but I have good news. And that's what the angels are trying to communicate to the shepherds, what the shepherds are trying to communicate to us, which I'm trying to communicate to you. We got good news. And guess what? It gets better than this. It doesn't have to, but grace says, I got even more. That this good news is accompanied by great joy. That God says, I have a whole nother deposit of joy I want to put into your life. Now, remember, we just saw great fear, mega fear. How about in an instance, that mega fear turned to mega joy? Yes, yes. That God said, look, I want to turn your, turn your mega fear into mega joy. If you're not experiencing mega joy, it's because you're not experiencing Christ. Because the good news teaches us that this good news is followed by great joy. I love how it doesn't just say joy. Mega joy. Come on, this, this is a... 
there's a movie that came out last year called Megalodon. It's about a big old shark. This is big old joy. This is mega joy. I need that. I want that. We can have that in Christ. Christmas is, 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 is about us tapping into the good news. Let me understand the good news. Oh, man, I'm more bad than I thought, yet I'm more loved than I realized. I, I got, this is good news, and I get great joy. God chose me. God se- selected us and said, hey, look, I'm going to send my son to save you. I want you. I don't know if you've recently received any good news, but um, I would hope you have. I, I was talking to some of our team members just earlier today. I said, man, can y'all just tell me some of your just good news stories? And some of our team said, man, th- there was a good news moment in my life where I got to see a little girl in South America here for the first time, and she heard her mom say, I love you. It was such good news. It's powerful. Another person said, I saw somebody one day walk out of the hospital and ring the bell that says I'm cancer-free. That was good news. And I was trying to think, like, man, I wish I had, I don't really have, like, that type of a story, but I had a, a, a moment that happened for me this past week. Um, some of y'all know this. It's an area that I'm, the Lord is working with me on, but I'm a shoe collector. I'm a shoe guy, all right? There, I said it, okay? But I also have a shoe ministry, so I love giving away shoes. I love the concept of shoes, and so does God. Blessed are the beautiful feet, all right? So <laughs> might have been a reach, but, um, but uh, there were some shoes that came out a couple weeks ago, and these days when it comes to getting some shoes that are um, exclusive or whatnot. The only way you can even get them is by putting a raffle in online, and then they have to select your number and your pick, and then you get a notification, and I never get picked, right? And it's always just like, all right, let me just go ahead and put it in, and we'll see if it happens. But I just don't even get excited anymore because it just seems like I get that notification a few days later, and it's like, and I'm like, oh, and it says, bad news. <laughs> you didn't get picked. Gone, <laughs> right? And so I said, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and try one more time. These are some Christmas shoes, and I think that they're pretty cool. And a couple days ago, I got a notification on my phone, and it said, good news. You got the shoes. Someone wanted to clap for me. I like it. It was a really cool moment. I was excited. I was like, Nina. We were walking through Target. You know how it goes at Christmas time. You got to have a little Target walkthrough. I was like, I got the shoes. It's good news. And then I was reading this, and I was like, man, I thought that was good news. There's a whole lot better news than getting some shoes that you might forget about when a new pair comes out. This is the best news, friends. And in the same way that God said, hey, you know, I'm going to let you get picked for these shoes. I just want you to be encouraged that God is saying, hey, I'm picking. I'm, I'm, I'm letting you guys win the raffle, shepherds. The angel showed up and said, this is good news. It's filled with great joy. And check this out. It's for all the people. Let's not limit the good news with great joy in who it's for and who it's not for. Friend, it's for you. I mean, tell the person next to you, this is the word for you. This is a word for you. Like you showed up for the right message. This is a word for you. This great joy will be. It doesn't say it might be. It doesn't say one day it could be if you're good enough. It doesn't say one day it can be. It says it will be for all the people. The good news of the gospel is freely open for all of us to either accept or reject. I'm pleading with you. Don't reject the good news. Accept it. Embrace it. 
and say, you know what? I want to live in eternity with God. And that starts now. In heaven as it is on earth. I need Jesus now. And I just want to encourage you this Christmas that you can have good news, great joy for all the people. People that are here tonight, people that didn't make it tonight, people that are in our city of Las Vegas, people that are all around the world. The good news is for them too. And when you really experience good news and when you're filled with great joy, you want to tell somebody. You're like, man, I got good news. I want to share it. You could be saved. There's a Savior that's born. The next scripture tells us that the angels, when they heard this news, they said, we got to go find him. And they went and found baby Jesus. And they told Mary and Joseph, the angels just delivered us a sermon. And they said, we got to go tell more people. This is a beautiful picture of the church. Recently, I met a few guys, actual brothers, in fact, that that ministered to my spirit and my soul because I began to see the good news take root in their lives, and then they began to live with great joy, evident, great, mega joy. And I began to hear more about their testimony and their story, and I said, man, this sounds like Luke chapter 2, verse 8. Y'all heard the good news. Y'all received the good news. Y'all got filled with great joy and forgiven for your sins, and now you're walking and leading I want to share this story with you guys on Christmas Eve. And so we captured their story through the video. Take a look right now. My name is Fair Rose. Uh, I was born in 1988 in Boston, Massachusetts. Took brother Prey. How we doing? Uh, we grew up back and forth between Boston and South Florida. My name is Prey. Uh, born on the same day as this guy right here, right? And um, we went to church growing up. We grew up in a, we're both Haitian by descent. We grew up in a Baptist church, but um, like I would say a nice percentage of people in this country, you just go to church because it's routine and you know, we just didn't really have a connection to God growing up. After I was uh, discharged honorably from the Navy in 2008, I was trying to find myself. Uh, I moved to DC, I was working in politics for a little bit. I left that and I moved to New York. This is the start of my uh, career in the industry. I was uh, a bartender in New York City. I did that for a little bit and then I moved down to Miami. And I just kept rising up the ranks all the way up to the general manager. I, just like you, my twin, I was searching for myself, but the difference is I went down a different path. I wanted to become a professional gambler, a professional poker player, so literally after I left the military, I made that my main mission. You know, I was searching for, the, for God and the wrong thing, which was poker. That was my idol. I was really, really in a dark place. I was lying, cheating, stealing, and on my 30th birthday, uh, I woke up and I realized that I needed some kind of God in my life. This is the beginning of my faith walk. And I started going to church regularly. Um, I was still sinning throughout the week, lying, cheating, uh, sexually immoral. And it wasn't until summer of this year, uh, 2019, that, uh, pray, I'll let you tell this part. Summer of this year, I went to Walk's Instagram page. All I see is family every time I scroll down those pictures, you know, so. Pray, he's been out in Vegas the past three years on, on and off. Yeah. Uh, summer of this year, I was looking for a new church because just like how Pray said, Walk is very big into uh, the Bible reading from scripture. I went to the website. I, I love the core values of what the church was saying. I still wasn't completely sold. And then I watched the video on the Vimeo page right. talk about Catch the Vision. The last 30 seconds he said, God's calling specific people that are watching this video right now to move their lives out here to Las Vegas. Within a week, yeah. I quit my job. Yeah, praise God, and praise God. Moved out to Las Vegas. 
So on August 17th, I moved to Las Vegas for the first time. Right. August 18th, that Sunday, the very next day. Praise God. Pray now we walked to walk church. We walked to walk uh, church, yeah. <laughs> walked in there. We met the greeters outside. They were smiling. They were fun. Unbeknownst to us, he introduces us to uh, Pastor Hayden. I've never had that happen before. I want to say that. And just to be able to go walk up to my pastor and just shake his hand the first day I meet him, that's a rare in a church. I'm attending church on a weekly basis. You know, I'm plugging in with the charge groups, uh, working on the dream team every week. And I just knew that I wanted to solidify my relationship with Christ even more. So I knew naturally the next step was baptism, you know? It was such an amazing day because uh, I didn't even know this was possible, but I found out that it was with my church in particular. They allowed my twin brother to baptize me. And I even with the photo and I just hugged him and I just kissed him. It was just like this is, we didn't have the best relationship growing up, but as we've gotten closer in Christ, we've gotten closer with each other. When I think about my story, I truly believe this was God's will on my life. I mean, you look at a person who went from sexual sin to living in the city of him. And by the grace of God, I'm still able to serve today. And I, I used to, the two biggest things that were my uh, idols were money uh, and sexual sin. And now, my only idol is the only idol that needs to be praised, and that's God himself. When I think about my testimony, I know God is so pure and true to us because I went from sitting at a poker table thinking that was my God to sitting at the front row in front of my church knowing my God. So if you believe in him, if you're diligent, if you are obedient, he will reveal himself to you. Just humble yourself down and trust in him, and he'll show you his way because it's such a beautiful way, and it's a beautiful word. Praise God. That's awesome. Man, praise the Lord. Thank you, Praying Pharaohs, for uh, sharing your story with us and your obedience to the Lord and the joy that you've experienced through trusting him with your life, even to the point of getting on a plane and saying, you know what, I'm just going to move out to Las Vegas and see what this church is about and see where you all are at today is a testimony of God's grace and a testimony of what we're talking about, the joy of Christmas. And so I want to encourage you today that the joy of Christmas is for you. It's for you. And the good news is to be received, even by bad people. And I pray that if you would receive it, then God would give you that great joy, that mega joy, and make us good through our faith in Christ. I want to give us an opportunity to do that right now before we close out our service. So would you bow with me in prayer?